Welcome to Dream Machine. My name is Aaron. And my name is Patricia. And uh, for this one, uh, we're going to Shrek number three. So, uh... Uh... You know, I, I used to look forward to when we were discussing about Shrek. I really loved our talk on the first one, and I really loved our talk on the second one, but... Can we not do this? Can we just look back on Shrek 2 again? No, come please? on, Shrek. Be, be brave. Like, you know, it's, it's the thing. No, the... no, 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 no. You are not giving me a brave pun in this. No. No. <laughs> no, all, no, but... no I'm just saying, like, you know, it, it's the uh, it's the third one. It's like, surely they didn't make any more, right? <sighs> you're, you're mistaken, Aaron. Uh, okay, well, let's just get this one out of the way and let's hope that's the end of it. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. So Shrek the Third is the 2007 DreamWorks animated film and the third and film of the Shrek franchise. Following Shrek and Shrek 2, it was produced by DreamWorks Animation and distributed by Paramount Pictures and released in US theaters on May the 18th of, 20, uh, of 2007. Uh, it was produced as a working title of Shrek 3 uh, by the name of uh, Changed to Avoid a Potential Confusion with Shrek 3D. Uh, mind you, I'm surprised uh, no one can notice that D and no D. But uh, like the first two Shrek films, the movie is significantly based on the fairy tale themes. The film was rated uh, PG by the MPAA for some crude humor, suggested contacts, and swashbuckling action. It was nominated for a Best Movie Award from the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards in 2008, which shows that uh, not every award system has uh, has uh, is foolproof. So uh, yeah, it, it, trust me, Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. I sometimes question about. You know, why would you nominate this when there are so many better ones that you could have chosen? Yeah, that's why we call it... Every time... You know, that's the thing on the Arrow Meta Show. Every time we do a Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards, why do we always call it none of the above? Like, because, you know, that's kind of what we ended up up with. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, basically, there's not really much to discuss about when it comes to behind-the-scenes stories, except that they changed pretty much a lot of things in terms of, you know, the production of Shrek. Like, the director is different, the producer, I believe, was the same, but wasn't, I think it was only in the first film. The the writers are completely different. Like, in the the first two movies, they had Joe Stillman as one of the co-writers, and Joe Stillman, I've mentioned this before, he was a writer on Pete and Pete, and he would be a story editor for various cartoons and other TV shows. He's not in this. And also neither is the geniuses of, of um, you know, David J. Stem and uh, his other cohorts who I've mentioned, or um, David and Weiss, that's what it is, that I mentioned before in Shrek 2 in which they wrote uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. They wrote the uh, amazing episodes of Rugrats from Hanukkah to Mother's Day. They're not in this either. They actually did bring in a bunch of other people from this movie that, um, you know, were, you know, they were pretty decent, but nothing compared to what was in Shrek the Third. Um, but you may know these writers, Jeffrey Price and Peter Seaman. They've, um, you know, worked on movies and TV shows from Tales from the Crypt, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Wild Wild West, the 2000 Grinch movie. And of course, believe it or not, Chris Miller... Yeah, before working on Happy Feet, he worked on Shrek the Third. And 
I, I, I don't know about you, but this is definitely when the Shrek series started to become very lackluster. Yeah, it just, it's, uh, I've always kind of made it a kind of a rule like it. If we've got a three and uh, we still aren't seeing any further shine of this franchise, then I think you should stop at three. I think, yeah. and uh, that's how I felt about, you know, Halo 3, Gears of War 3, like X-Men 3, like, uh, you know, any three that we get to is like, guys, come on, we've had three films, let's just kind of like, you know, nip it in the bud. Oh no, there's money to be made, so... Uh... Yeah, oh, oh my god, let me just tell you about something. I remember when the advertisement of this movie was so huge. Like, I'm not even joking that there was advertisement, there was commercials, there were toys everywhere. I remember seeing, like, you know, a whole bunch of stuff on Walmart, like Shrek paper towels and Shrek toys and, um, you know, Shrek cereal, Shrek everything. There was so much advertisement for Shrek the Third, it wasn't even funny. Tim and Eric from the TV show, Tim and Eric Awesome Show, great job, were so fed up with the advertisement that they decided to kind of like do an ironic joke where they would like paint themselves in green and then they would promote Shrek the Third. And... Yeah, this movie was hyped up to be huge. Yeah. They were going to be think, adding in... I think part of it as well was that I think a lot of people thought, and I think businesses even who were doing the... who were manufacturing the toys as well, thought that this was going to be the last ever Shrek, you know, phenomenon. They didn't think, you know, Shrek was going to get... They thought that the third movie was the final movie and there wasn't going to be any more Shrek. I yeah, think. exactly. And then it was revealed by Jeffrey Katzenberg, no, we are going to be releasing more Shrek movies. We're going to be releasing a fourth movie, and we're going to be releasing a fifth movie where it's going to be a prequel, where you're going to see about what Shrek was doing before he went to the swamp. Oh, joy. But anyway, let's go back to Shrek the Third. So, uh, story. So, um, the king dies... And, oh uh... my god. We need to talk about this first of all. <laughs> I'm sorry... I really want to talk about this. Okay. So before we get to uh, the, yeah, basically the movie takes place right after Shrek two. So uh, the King is sick and Shrek and Fiona are basically taking over his Royal duties and Shrek is not doing a very good job, which is not surprising. And then, um, you know, Fiona tries to give off a little clue that, you know, Oh, when we get back to the swamp, there's going to be, uh, possibly some more. There's going to be maybe a possible pitter-patter of little feet. And then Shrek is like, oh, yes, that's right. The swamp rats. He's like, no, something a little bit bigger. Then she kind of like tries to hint that she's pregnant. But then Shrek is like, no, you're you're my only family, Fiona. Then we have the announcement about like the king is dying. And it starts off like really, really sad. But then it just kind of like sh- switches back and forth in which he dies. And then he's not dead. And then he dies. And then he's not dead. And then he kind of reveals that, oh, um, you know, if you don't want to be king, then there is a possible other heir, and that would be Arthur Pendragon, you know, who would eventually become King Arthur, but we'll discuss about that later. Mm-hmm. And so he dies, and then you have this ceremony where, you know, everybody's being gathered around, they have the Beatles song, and you have him buried in, uh, he have, he's like in a footlocker box can i can i just you know what that that whole you know live and let die uh that just took me completely out of the moment absolutely out of the moment because you know keep this in mind live and let die was a james bond theme live and let die was covered by guns and roses (laughs) 
<laughs> Come on, guys. You couldn't find a more... You know, you, you couldn't get the, the, the orchestra to play up the fact that he was dead. Like, you know, he was a major... Char- he was a, a kind of a, a main character in the second film. And like, uh, and he had a pretty big plot point uh, that as well. I mean, that, that's the way he goes out. Come on! Like, oh man, it was such a whiplash of tonal shifts. Like, he's dying, then he starts coming back to life, and then it's supposed to be funny, and then he just dies, and then it's supposed to be like really sad. And you know, I would have liked to have seen Fiona's, you know, feelings about her dad dying because. You know, she's just starting to get to know him again. And they had this like this really nice relationship in Shrek 2 where, you know, she's trying to convince him that Shrek is a good ogre and that he's not a brutish monster that he thought it, he was going to be. Sorry, Patricia, forgive me. Uh, how much time has passed between Shrek 2 and Shrek 3? I don't know, actually, because I, I it looked like it took place like right after because they were still in Far, Far Away, but... I, I guess not. I don't I don't really know. It, it doesn't really state on that. I mean, they were just cutting back to their honeymoon in Shrek 2, and then all of a sudden, Fiona's pregnant. I mean, I know that takes, like, like at least a couple of weeks, you know, for somebody to get pregnant after a honeymoon, but I, I would assume that it doesn't, it doesn't really yeah, become it's, clear. It's kind of strange. Like, I really hope it's not like, you know, in the, you know, between the Muppet movies, you know, between the Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted, where, um, you know, the, um, you know, it's basically just taking straight after the first one. Like, I really hope it's not that deal. Oh no, I I really hope not. But um, I, if it if it does take place like immediately afterwards, it's like wow, you went from you know them going to their honeymoon and you know the king giving his blessings to the king dying. Mm. It's like that that is I, I'm sorry, and, and trust me, we're going to be discussing about the the crazy tonal shifts in this movie because there are so many of them. I'm, I'm it's just so unbelievable. But yeah, I I mean. Let's let's uh, let's just continue. Yeah, I mean, so those were main things that happened, and also we get to be introduced to Arthur. And you know, Arthur, I can't remember much about this movie at all. Like, yeah. it's just, it's, uh, you know, he, he starts off as like you know your, your typical total high school loser, pretty much, and which uh, is which is pretty stereotypical. I mean, they've done the the loser Arthur character in Sword of the Stone in which, you know, he was named Wart and he was kind of like the servant to his foster father and brother. And then Merlin comes along and tries to teach him the ways of becoming a good king. So I guess they're trying to do that, but you have, you know, this total loser where and then they, they go to high school and they they have all these like high school jokes in which like Shrek thinks that you know the tough um you know the the tough kid is actually Arthur but it turns out to be Sir Lancelot which in the King Arthur tale Sir Lancelot was King Arthur's most uh, val- uh valuable um knight so you're trying to tell me that in the beginning he was a bully to Arthur man that's going to be ironic when Arthur hires him to be as as his best knight in the the lore yeah you know what you know what I just thought of you know this movie is supposed to be you know Shrek was founded upon the premise of being anti Disney and now, yes. as you can see, going into the third film, it's trying to kind of like um, discover its own personality, and uh, you find that it's actually not someone you found very interesting to begin with. Like it's kind of like you know, you know, when you have that friend who makes you who you meet for the first time, and he actually makes some really funny jokes and makes a really good first impression, and then finally you kind of like uh, get to kind of know him a little bit better, and then you find he's not actually the kind of guy you thought he was, and you actually find him kind of a bit disappointing. 
Yeah, I, I think I have another analogy that I think I remember when I don't remember for what movie, but it was it's kind of like similar to yours. So it's like that friend that you knew back in high school that you used to be best friends, you used to hang out together all the time. And, you know, he was so funny, he was so likable. And then, you know, you separate and then maybe like 10 years later, you meet up in your high school reunion, he's still acting the same way, but you kind of grew up and now you just look at each other with awkwardness and you don't really know what to say. Well, it's not even that. It's kind of like he's not even being as funny as he was before. Like he was no, just he's just, like, no, yeah. he's, he's using like the, he's trying to update himself with using like, you know, jokes to make himself look funny, but it just feels kind of stale. Yeah. So and and it's it's really disappointing too because Shrek two really upped the ante when it came to comedy and very sincere moments and then just seeing this it just feels like a massive letdown. Well, well Shrek, Arthur... Shrek two has something very strong going for it and that was that uh, we'd never really seen what happened after Far Far Away. Like okay, there's the Disney sequels, but like you know they 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 were trash. But uh, I mean uh, Shrek two had a lot of area to kind of like um to explore like you know what happens in this idea of far far away we well, you know we're um also on top of that as well like uh, you know now that the you know the unorthodox ending of shrek this fairy tale like this anti-fairy tale if you will has now happened you know what would have happened you know what's happened with the actual story and that's when prince charming came in and then all the shenanigans happened Oh, yeah, that's okay. right. Prince Charming is our villain, everybody. Yeah, and uh, he's not very strong. To say no, not even least. close. He, to be fair, he was never really strong in the second movie. It was the fairy godmother who was the most memorable well, character. Well, Prince Charming was more kind of a... Uh, he was kind of more... I'm trying to find a, a good way to describe he, it. Imagine, you know, the Emperor's New Groove, and uh, he was... Um, he was um, a, a not very good version of, like, uh, who's the big muscly guy uh, in that? Uh, oh, you mean... Uh, Pacha. Pacha, yeah, he's sort of kind of like a a watered down version of him in a way, except he doesn't. Oh wait, do wait, are you wait, are you talking about which 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 big character are you talking about? Are you talking about the side character to the llama, or are you talking about the villain side character? The villain side character. Oh, okay, then you're talking about Kronk. Kronk, yeah, yeah. Because sure. both because Pacha is also this big character who also was played by John Goodman, which we'll discuss about next week. <laughs> 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 oh, please kill us. Okay. But, um, no, but uh, Kronk, yeah, is pe- played by Patrick Warp. Oh God. <laughs> 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 there's too many consistencies here <laughs> help oh. okay but uh, i i get what you're saying so basically he's like a watered down version of Kronk, in which he's supposed to be like this very funny character to offset the goof uh, the the villainous of yzma yeah and um yeah i i can kind of see what you're coming from in terms of what the character is yeah he's basically Kronk in in this and obviously the fairy godmother is like the main villain of this whole of the whole thing and obviously now she's out of the picture and so now it's kind of gone to uh, it's kind of like the uh i guess the other analogy i could say it's kind of like starscream taking over the decepticons after megatron's you know gone like and then, yeah yeah uh, yeah except, <laughs> except in this one we don't get like the uh the fairy godmother version of galvatron so sure i i can see that so he based okay so basically prince charming where he's living at is he's constantly performing you know his heroic deeds of taking down shrek and saving the princess and it it looks like dinner theater and everybody's booing at him Mm -hmm. and so he's living this miserable life and he wants to take revenge on shrek and what, what he does is that I'm not even joking. They kind of like take a page from Happily Never After in which he goes over to the villains of the fairy tales and he talks about where's our happily ever after? You know, why do we have to be the, 
you know, the ones who don't get the happy ending where everybody else does, you know, it's like, oh, um, you know, ugly stepsister. What if, why couldn't you fit your foot into the slipper and Cinderella got to live in the palace eating bonbons or um, Rumpelstiltskin? What about you? You wanted a baby. And don't worry, we'll get to Rumpelstiltskin much later on. And, uh, you know, Captain Hook, the same thing with Peter Pan. And so everybody decides to like, form this group where they're going to go over to far, far away, take it down, and they're going to find their happily ever after. Well, Prince Charming is going to perform this huge play where he wants to capture Shrek and defeat him on stage so everybody can watch him. Yeah. By the way, I mean, obviously, we know, I know we're going to uh, um, voices later, but uh, the, one of the uh, people, the ugly stepsister, uh, in America, he's, she, she, he, well, the, Doris is voiced by Larry King, but in, in the UK, he's voiced by Jonathan Ross. Oh really? I didn't. I had no idea that they changed voice actors for this. Ah, uh, yeah, that was the first. That's the. Is that the first uh, aspect of regionalization we've actually seen from DreamWorks? I have Maybe no one? idea. Because uh, maybe it could be. I have. Yeah. I. I did. I personally did not know this. Because because we're knowing the Pixar films. They've been doing it since Monsters Inc. You know, regionalizing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Them. I mean, like right. so. But uh, you know, this is the. Uh, yeah, this is the first time that I think I've actually come across something like that. Because you know, keep in mind, uh, uh, Julie Andrews uh, still voices Queen Lillian and things, and so they yeah, never change. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she, she does. So in that, but uh, yeah, so um, obviously they get the whole. Mind you, there's one thing I want to ask about that uh, before we get, move on. Uh, so ne- never ever after. When did did that come out? The same time as Shrek the Third, or uh, was that? I before, think it came after? out a few years before. Um, I, I because I remember when after Shrek and Shrek Two came out, I remember that there was just so many um what you call it um there were so many ripoffs of okay i'm gonna look it up and wow yeah happily never after came out uh let's see okay okay shrek the third came out in may so happily never after came out in january so it came out happily never after came out a few months before shrek the third so i don't think you had enough time to kind of like rip off you know happily never after I don't think. I, think. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they kind of heard from it because um, Happily Never After was done by Lionsgate. And I, I think I remember that um, not only Happily Never After, but Hoodwinked also tried to rip off the Shrek franchise with gathering up a whole bunch of characters and, you know, you know, try to be like a sassy version of fairy tales. And Patrick Warburton is the wolf. <laughs> 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 oh. It's not letting up, is it? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, but yeah, th- uh, there were a lot of. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I know it's a, a bit of a coincidence that Happily Never After and Shrek the Third has villains that want to find their happily ever after, and I, I don't know, but I just find it to be way too much of a coincidence. But let's get back to Shrek. So Shrek uh, starts leaving to the high school. And he for hears from Fiona right before um, you know they stow they go on the boat, saying to um, and saying that you know hey Shrek guess what you're going to be a father, and then you know he was like what oh that's great news and uh, he basically is very concerned about being a father because you know he hears about 
you know, the, he, he knows about the history of like ogres being, you know, fathers and he doesn't want the, the same thing happen to the kids. He doesn't want to make their lives miserable, which actually kind of contradicts the first movie. You remember how in the first movie Shrek was talking to Donkey about like, you know, sometimes um, you can't see what is actually in front of you and, you know, trying to break away from what we perceived as ogres to be. They're not just monsters. You know, Shrek actually did have a bit of um contradiction to how he was you know portrayed by human beings and he was trying to break away from that or he was trying to hide it so the fact that he's afraid of being a father because he wouldn't be good to the kids it it just doesn't kind of work because he's trying to break away from the stereotypes of what ogres were when he was talking to donkey that hey you know just because i'm an ogre doesn't mean i'm a bad character and yeah now we have a sense in which oh now he's a bad He's going to be a bad father. It's like, no, no, he's not. He's going to be perfectly fine. I, I, I take it that because there were different writers that they, they basically just kind of missed the point of the original. Okay. So it's just, it's, um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I just completely lost my train of, trace of thought there. Okay. Um, we're, yeah. We, uh, I guess we can go back to Arthur, which yeah. Arthur, I you know, Arthur is played by Justin Timberlake from NSYNC, and it, it's kind of ironic that would be the case because he and Cameron Diaz, who voices as Fiona, they were dating at the time. Yeah, and there's the thing about this, though. Uh, Justin Timberlake, I think, uh, was trying to get his start, I think, into, uh, you know, doing you know, movies and things like that. And uh, to be honest, like, uh, um, he really surprised me in The Social Network, where, you know, the uh, the Mark Zuckerberg film about Facebook. Like, uh, that was, uh, that's probably my, my, my favorite performance of, uh, of of Justin Timberlake. If, uh, yeah, sure, sure. I, I think, you know, this probably, uh, I, was this like one of his first roles, you know, that, you know, he kind of like tried to start with, uh, you know, after his Siggy career? I believe it was, yeah. So, uh, so I, I guess it wasn't like there because, you know, personally for me, I thought he did a pretty decent job as voicing Boo Boo in the Yogi Bear movie, despite that being a train wreck. Yeah. But, you know, he does kind of like sound like the character from the cartoon. Um, oh, but... good grief. He was in the Love Guru as well. Oh, <laughs> it's oh, man, it, it's there's like a conspiracy going on. First John Goodman, Mind then you, Patrick it... Warburton, and now... Mike Myers and Justin Timberlake in a movie. It's it's like the universe is going after us. Should have stayed in the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, okay. Breaking aside from that. So, you know, I would have liked if, you know, um, Arthur was a bit of a stronger character. I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to make him, like, a weak character because... Um, you know, it's very similar to, like, in Sword of the Stone, in which, you know, he started off as a weak character and then he became strong enough to be king. But he is so boring and mm. so uninteresting yeah uh, this is the thing a lot of this movie is just it's just a load of uninteresting average like uh i mean just uh, go, going through some of the story like you know this should have been quite epic when you think about it like here's all the bad guys ganging up to take over far far away and get their happy ending and like you, you know you just see the whole thing play out and then you see you know so then it's the uh the the princesses having to fend for themselves Pretty much, yeah. and uh, and uh, with uh, uh, Princess Fiona leaving, leading the charge, which obviously makes sense, you know. Uh, sure, sure, it does make sense because the other princesses they're sticking to their, um, you know, damsel in distress stereotypes, mm-hmm. which you know I guess it kind of makes sense because um, you know we have Snow White, we have Rapunzel, we have Cinderella, we have Sleeping Beauty, and every single one of them in the fairy tales were saved by the prince. 
there was no, um, you know, princess at that point that kind of like saved herself. So Fiona was like, no, we can save ourselves. We need to work together so we can take down these um, villains. And uh, another character that we need to talk about is Doris. You know how um, when uh, Prince Charming was at the bar and he was talking to them about like, you know, you need to break away from your villainous ways and you have to try to find your happily ever after. So what what about Doris? Doris was an ugly stepsister for Cinderella, and she's with Princess Fiona and the other stepsis and the other um, you know princesses. She's supposed to be the villain, yet at the same time she's with them like if they were besties. Mm-hmm. So what's the deal with that? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of weird. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's, it's very inconsistent. I think it's, too. it's yeah, it's, I think it's just done for plot convenience and the fact that uh, some people actually like her. So uh... yeah, I mean she was pretty funny in Shrek too, but. Yeah, I think that they needed to tighten up that little plot um, inconsistency. So now we have Shrek, Donkey, Puss, and Artie walking back to far, far away because their ship crashed. That's when Artie finds out that he's going to be king and he's and then Artie's afraid that he's not going to know anything about being a king because he's never done royalty before. Yeah. I and, remember, didn't Shrek lie about... Him, yes, he yeah. did lie about it. He okay. said that you're the only heir to the far, far away throne, when in reality, Shrek was the original heir, but he just didn't want the job. Yeah. so uh... he, he wanted to live back into his ogre ways, which I'm actually curious because, you know, Shrek and Fiona did a lot of sacrifices together in order for them to be happy. In the first film... Uh, Fiona, you know, she transformed into an ogre. In the second film, Shrek tried to turn into a human so that he can make Fiona happy. And now Shrek doesn't want to be leader of Far, Far Away, even though his father-in-law died. And, you know, we even see Fiona saying, like, hey, Shrek, maybe you should stay here and be king. And he's like, no, I don't want that, Fiona. I want to live my way as an ogre because I'll always be an ogre. So it's like, it kind of ruins the plot of the second movie in which... You know, he, um, even though he, uh, you know, always sees himself as an ogre, you know, Fiona accepted him for that. But, you know, it, it, it feels like Shrek is afraid of change, that he doesn't want to do things because it's because he's an ogre. He's trying to stick to his ogre ways. It's like he's done major sacrificial changes before. So why couldn't he be a king in this one? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So then they have this kind of crazy theatrical performance in in in, in this, and where um, he tries to hero, you know, he does like the whole spiel like at the beginning of the film. Now he's going to do this over the top, you know, one where he kills Shrek in front of everybody, and uh, yeah, which I thought was kind of weird in a way. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, it's just it's, uh, and I can't even remember most of it as well. Like it's all that as well. Like uh, you know, the the animation for this is like uh, it's 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 so samey. Like there's nothing that comes at you that you think. Uh, you know, um, oh, hey, this is something I've never seen in the Shrek world before. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it feels very similar. You're right. There's no, there's not a lot of variety in terms of um, new things. I mean, we have Far, Far Away. We have the high school. We have the forest. We have the castle. There's nothing fresh about this movie. There's nothing no. surprising. No. And so, um, yeah, just it's... Um... It just ends pretty much the same way, you know. Probably Shrek Two probably ended in that. There was this, this climactic uh, uh, scene where uh, everything just kind of pulls together, and uh, then uh, all of a sudden we get a music number at the end. Like, yeah, you know, that's it's just, true. It's just it's uh, 
Yeah, it's like um, it's uh, it's pretty much evident. <laughs> Shrek the Third is pretty much evidence that uh, this thing was running out of steam pretty quickly. Um, yeah, that's true. And you know, there's a lot of other things that we didn't bring up, but they don't really matter. Like they meet up with Merlin, and he's played by Eric Idle, who's kind of like a zany character, and he tries to help um, Arthur and Shrek kind of like deal with their issues. Like Shrek not wanting to be a father because he's afraid of what he'll do with the kids. And you have this side story in which Arthur is afraid of abandonment because his father left him, and. Uh, that really doesn't go anywhere because we never find out who the father is and we never see him, you know, get over that. We see him get over the fear of being a king and, you know, not him being a loser anymore, but never about, you know, his abandonment as, you know, uh, you know, with his fatherhood. I, I think I remember a long, long time ago, there was this theory going around that, Prince Charming was Arthur's father because of their similar hairstyle and their eyes. And I was mm-hmm. like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. No. Because Prince Charming, he was mostly focused on trying to get to Fiona. But I, I could see that if maybe they played around the story a little bit. But anyway, but th- yeah, but there's this, there's, there's not really much to the story. I mean, there's this one scene in which, you know, uh, Donkey and Puss in Boots, their voices swap. And we have this kick-ass scene with the princesses fighting against the villains. And then eventually the climactic um, play where Shrek is being captured. And then there's like this... Um, you know, this ambush with Arthur and, you know, him accepting his rule as king. And then Shrek, Fiona, they come back to the swamp and then they take care of their three kids, which we'll discuss about in, Shre- in the Shrek Forever After. And yeah, that's pretty much it. It doesn't really leave a huge impact a lot on a lot of people. I mean, as for like arguments about which is worse, Shrek the Third or Shrek Forever After, I'm, I'm sure we'll discuss about it when we get to Shrek Forever After. Yeah. Uh, fun facts about this uh, film. Uh, this was the last uh, film that I saw on VHS. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So I what? don't remember what was the last film I saw on VHS. I I don't even remember. Yeah, so because uh, I, I mean, we as soon as DVD came along, we switched to it pretty quickly. Yeah, I but... mean, th- this came around in the dying days of VHS, I think, and uh, so I, I remember that uh, um, they'd. Uh, I mean, at the time, um, I, the first time I watched this film was actually on an in-flight movie, and uh, it was such a. Uh, can't remember what airline it was. It was a pretty wretched one, and uh, the uh, so the only way that they had the in-flight entertainment is that, and I saw that uh, the person had to take the like this really old video recorder, and they had to change the like the videotapes out, and so when they had to do like all the like the safety information, they had to take one uh, tape out and put the other one in, and then when they did like all the in-flight movie entertainment, they had to take the uh, VHS out and put that uh, put the other videotape in, and uh, yeah, so it was uh, that was the very last uh, film I think I've ever seen on VHS. I don't think hmm, I've seen it in a little cool. sense. So, uh, yeah, so it was uh, um, not the film that I would have liked to have uh, said uh, as, my, as my swan song for the uh, the format, but, uh, you know, uh, so I'm trying to think what the last film I actually saw on DVD was. I think it was actually, you know, tell you what, actually, I'm still watching, sorry, I do lie about that. I watched the Jungle movie on uh, the on D, on DVD, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm still, because I'm, I haven't released the Blu-ray yet. No, no, and uh, so, but, uh, hey. Okay, so uh, um, shall we talk about the voice? Act- I mean, we've already kind of like yeah, brushed on the voice actors. We, we can briefly talk about it. I mean, you know, we re- you know we have the the regulars like Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, Antonio Banderas. Interesting Julie Andrews- question. I want to ask about Mike Myers. Do you think he wasn't as enthusiastic for this film as other ones? 
I mean, what what else was he doing besides Austin Powers? Well, because uh, I mean, um, in Shrek, in Shrek, like uh, he he w- he actually had a lot of input in Shrek because he wanted to change the uh, to the Scottish accent that he did, and so he was he sounded really enthusiastic about the character. And the same about in Shrek Two. When it comes to Shrek Three, he's sort of kind of just um, playing the character. It doesn't look like he's yeah. actually adding anything to it. Yeah, he was on autopilot for sure. Yeah, I, I don't think he was as infused for this film, I don't think, guys. Um, Eddie Murphy's just Eddie Murphy. Uh, Cameron Diaz uh, just, just is Cameron Diaz. And, uh, and Antonio Banderas, you know, he plays, you know, his stereotypical character of Puss in Boots just fine. And you know, I, I think that the reason why it just feels so lackluster is because there's not a lot of meat to it. There's not a lot of interesting things that could make the actors really feel like they're going to empower their roles. I do remember seeing in a, um, you know, Shrek the third behind the scenes clip, like during the time at which, when the movie was coming out, I think it was on Nickelodeon or something that they featured it in. And they were talking about like, you know, this is going to be like a, um, a monumental thing for Shrek because, you know, Fiona is going to be pregnant and Shrek's going to find out about us, you know, if it's going to be a good father. And then Justin Timberlake's talking about like, um, you know, the character of Arthur about like, you know, trying to change his stereotype of from being a loser to being a king. And yeah, I mean, I, I can, I, I get the basics of it, but there's not a lot of the intricacies of it compared to the previous two. And this is when Shrek was really popular. You know, he was on the star, uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And, uh, you know, he became like a huge pop culture icon, as mentioned with all the commercials that were playing at the time. So Shrek was becoming like a huge you know, pop culture icon, very similar to how SpongeBob was for Nickelodeon. So there was a lot riding on Shrek the Third, and it just ended on a really low note. And Shrek Forever After was supposed to kind of like fix it, and whether it did well or not, we'll discuss about that later. Yeah. Um. So uh, interesting uh, question, actually, I was asked recently by somebody, and uh, that is uh, because we're reviewing DreamWorks films, um, are we going to? Re- and uh, you know, there's actually been another version of Shrek. Actually, that's been released called Shrek Retold, which is uh, a bunch of independent animators taking like parts of the film and uh, telling it the whole Shrek story from again. So, uh, inter- so what I'm going to do is uh, for probably for this one, shall we say in the comment section below, shall we ask, shall we ask everybody, do they want us to uh, tell, do they want us to review Shrek Retold, uh, like at the very end of, of Dream Machine? And, yes, please, uh, please let us know. Do you want us to talk about Shrek, you know, foretold? Retold. And, yeah, foretold, retold, aftertold, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, do you want to discuss about it? Yeah, I, I'm actually curious because we've never discussed about like a fan video in any of the podcasts that we've done, like Pixmix or Dream Machine. So yeah, this this will be interesting. Yeah, so I'd just be interested to see if anyone wants us to talk about it. And if they do, then we will. And if they don't, then we'll just let it pass by. So Sure, uh, cool. that's fine. But uh, that's uh, your dose for Shrek for now, and so until the next Shrek uh, film uh, we talk about, and uh, also, what are we talking about next, actually? Oh, uh, I I do believe it's uh, going to be the uh, horrible, horrible B-movie, I do believe, that we got coming up next. That our hints were pretty obvious, but yes, next time on Dream Machine, we will be discussing about the meme-tastic B-movie. Oh, God. So until then, from me, Aaron... And Patricia. Take care and uh, don't forget to be yourself. Get us out of here.